0: Hi and welcome to the Female Health Podcast. My name is Mary Jo McGuire, owner of MJ Nutrition. I have a degree and master's in nutritional science and I'm studying to be a nutritional therapist also. I work with women every day who want to lose weight, improve their relationship with food, hack their hormones, regulate their cycle, restore their periods, learn about nutrition for hormonal balance, help women come off the pill and lots more. This podcast will be a place to talk about all things female health related, from periods to the pill, weight loss, diets, fertility, acne, PMS, and lots lots more. I hope this platform to be educational and empowering so women can take charge of their health, their hormones, so they can feel and look their best at all stages. Hi and welcome to episode two of the Female Health Podcast. Firstly, I just want to say a massive thanks to everyone who took the time to listen to my first episode and give me such lovely feedback. I appreciate it so, so much, and I'm so glad that you got a good idea of what the episode and the podcast will be about going forward. So for my first guest episode, I'm so lucky to have such a great guest on. Shane Walsh from Shane Walsh Fitness specializes in female fat loss, and he was the perfect fit for my first episode. So Shane works with women every day and helps them lose weight and he uses his knowledge of the menstrual cycle to support them, whether their goals are fat loss or for training or more. So in this episode, we chat about lows from the cycle and training and weight loss from cravings to PCOS, the pill and sleep. So it's full of great nuggets from Shane and we fill a lot in with under an hour. So I'm I'm so, so thankful to have Shane on and for being my first guest episode. It really is a great episode. And yeah, so lucky to have a brilliant guest so early on in the podcast. I also just want to know that you will hear an annoying noise. And just to let you know, it's me clicking a pen incessantly. So I'm a huge fidgeter when I'm nervous, which I was for this recording. And yeah, I was so annoyed when I heard it back, but please, please ignore it it only happens like once or twice when I ask questions but then I do I think I calm down eventually but and um, for now next episodes I will throw away all pens and anything around me so there'll be no more noise hopefully and um, but yeah just so I want to let people know what that was anyway that's all I have to say about this episode just I really hope you enjoy it and if you do I'd really appreciate if you tag and share me in your stories and also Shane Walsh Fitness, that would be great. Um, So yeah, happy listening and thank you so much again. Hi and welcome to the Female Health Podcast. So today I have my first guest. I'm so excited to introduce him. So ironically for the first, episode of the female health podcast I've got a male on. He specializes in female fat loss. He is a nutritionist uh, qualified with MNU and he also has an amazing podcast Shane Walt Fitness. So I'm going to let him introduce himself and say a little bit more about what he does and who he works with and yeah, hear, tell his story a wee bit. So over to you Shane.
1: Thank you so much for having me on. I'm really humbled to be the, the first guest guest on. Uh, So yeah, my name is Shane Walsh. I'm an online coach based in Dublin, uh, fully qualified PT, and I am the host of the Shane Walsh Fitness Podcast. Um, And yeah, I specialise in female fat loss, and I've been doing that for probably around three years now. Helped hundreds of of women. I went from face-to-face PT, and I kind of fell into the whole helping girls uh, accidentally. I think when I first started, it was like I'm going to get lads jacked. And then once i because because i was in a mainstream gym we were advised to kind of like be teaching classes and stuff like that as, as our way of paying our rent and with the classes it was mainly females so after a while it was kind of like there was a lot more questions about certain things and i was kind of like going away and did a little bit of homework and then it was kind of an accidental niche and then kind of a few transformations kind of happened and then kind of things kind of picked up and then i started the podcast and then I've had some amazing guests on, uh, including your sister. Uh, yeah. She'll love that. Um, and yeah, so yeah. here we are now having <laughs> having a chat on this podcast. I'm very humbled to be not asked on as the first guest.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, I think you're one of the a perfect fit for the podcast, seeing as you do uh, specialize in female fat, fat loss and obviously working with females, you need to kind of know a bit more about the menstrual cycle and the hormones. So I suppose, did you have to like, brush up your knowledge around that area you probably know more about women's hormones than the, the girls you work with yourself
1: <laughs> yeah like,
0: Do you find that like
1: yeah like i i would say probably about 95 percent of my clients like wouldn't necessarily know that much about when to like push when not to push the kind of the the nutrition around it and stuff like that i know we're going to talk about that and i think there is some education barrier that's kind of hap is kind of happening because like I know when I first started doing this I never thought I'd be watching 3 hour lectures on menstrual cycles or <laughs> learning about PCOS or talking about PCOS or getting like an interview to talk about cycles and all that kind of stuff uh, or already let alone doing kind of check-ins and stuff and I know when I do like the initial consultation with my clients they're always kind of like, some of them are a little bit stunned so that it's a question especially yeah. coming from a man and then you kind of dig into and dig into it a little bit more and you ask maybe two or three questions and they don't necessarily know how to answer it mm-hmm. and I think I don't think a lot of girls necessarily know when to push, when not to push, but they also don't necessarily track their cycles. And I think tracking the cycle is a massive, massive tool. It's like what gets tracked gets measured. And if you know when you're not necessarily feeling amazing headspace wise or body wise or feeling bloated, you'll know when to kind of adjust things around, around things for yourself. And like er, the one thing that I will say is every single girl is completely, completely different. Yeah. And that's the one thing that I've realized. And it kind of, it's also made me understand when kind of moods can drop as well. And that's what I try, try to take with my clients is that every single one of them is different. But if say when they're doing the check-ins they fill in what kind of week they're on and then i'll know from experience and compare it to other weeks or like weeks i'll know whether they need that arm around the shoulder or will they need a little bit of a kick or will they <laughs> kick's the wrong word well will they be able to push themselves harder in the training sessions and do they need different fueling because i know there are so many different things as well if there's endometriosis, there's PCOS, there's amenorrhea. There's so many different things, and uh, it's really, really interesting. I think I, pref- I like w- with girls and stuff. it it keeps me on my toes because every client that kind of comes in, like the one that I kind of work with, every single one of them is so different. I think that has to be taken into account as well.
0: Absolutely. So, like when you say like there's an education block, are you essentially do you find that you have to educate them on the cycle, where they're at in the cycle. Do like do they know when they're like checking in with you where they're at in their cycle is that a part of the education that you do with them
1: yeah yeah so when they do the check-ins and stuff like that I think the last kind of like section of the first tab or whatever is that they kind of say are they on week one post bleed or they're on week of and it's about kind of them kind of writing little notes saying oh I'm feeling bloated or I'm feeling really fatigued or my my brain is just not working with me this week or just ha- haven't had any energy. And we try to like, uh, what I mean by compare like weeks, what like weeks is. So there's no point in comparing say one week of your cycle, one, the first week of your cycle to week four of your cycle. There's too many variables. There's too many hormones. There's bloating. There could be everything going on. So when people are doing the check-ins, it's, and there's, and they're doing say a weigh-in, uh, which is, which is people dependent and girl dependent some girls can put up to like, I've had girls put up to about 14 pounds of weight when they're stepping on the scales, uh, or they, don't know why they step on the scales that week, but some of them choose to, uh, even though I, I encourage them, if they're not in a headspace to do it, don't do it. Um, and it's about knowing when to be able to speak to yourself a little bit more and just kind of say, right, I just need to get out for a walk. Yeah. And I think that's what I like. It is, it is that the education system, I know myself. Like I went, like obviously, I went to an all boys school, and that wasn't a topic. Yeah. It wasn't a topic. So I don't know what the, the the system was like for the girls. But I know from speaking to clients now, it, there's there's a gap. There's a gap there, and I think the information from um, say the likes of James Smith, the likes of Amelia Thompson over in the UK, it's becoming less taboo. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Uh,
1: and I think for so many PTS. And I think that, that's one thing that like a lot of PTs don't necessarily know how to work with their clients because I think a lot of PTs, well, some PTs can be, see, can kind of see girls as kind of smaller men. And there's an amazing quote by Dr. Stacey Sims over in the States and she says, women are not small men.
0: Yeah. And she's amazing. yeah,
1: she's incredible. And I think that kind of girls, yes, are a lot better with kind of the lower body stuff uh, compared to lads and lads are a bit more better with their the yeah. top but that's very dependent, but it's about utilising your strengths and when knowing when to kind of push yourself a little bit more.
0: Yeah. Well, I can vouch for, I went to an all-girls school and can can say that none of what I know now is, I got from school anyway. Like again, it was through self-education. And then obviously I did like the master's in nutrition, which kind of brought me into thinking about that. But it doesn't, again, it's still not, unless you nearly go looking for it, you know it's not like actually taught to you and um, so I suppose getting into it then in terms of how the fluctuations in hormone and you touched on it a, lo- a good bit there saying like the bloating the you know being heavier in the scales at different times of the month um, and with eating habits as well so kind of getting into it there um the fluctuations in hormones then like how does that how do you work with that in it, um in talking to a client
1: I think that the biggest thing is you kind of start at the kind of the very start and kind of say like w- breaking it into kind of the four phases of the cycle and kind of saying there's the menstrual phase, there's the follicular phase, ovulation phase, and the luteal phase. And like breaking it in and kind of knowing when, when that is, like, like the menstrual phase is kind of when you do get your period. That's when you're kind of going to have a little bit more bloating, can have those mood swings. So if you're a man, listen to this as well. This may be the reason why not to kind of like, piss off your <laughs> uh, your, your girlfriend uh, you get the headaches the tiredness and the lower back pain which I think is coming a lot more with the lower back pain that seems to be coming up a lot more with clients now as well I think potentially sitting on a desk all day isn't helping yeah, either but that uh, and that kind of happens around kind of three to seven days Um, and some women would have longer ones some will have shorter windows then there's kind of going into the kind of the follicular phase uh, which is kind of happens between day 11 to 27 uh, and this is kind of like the simulates the the ovaries to be produced um, and that's that's a really interesting phase for a lot of girls as well and there's the ovulation phase which happens at around day 14 if you have a normal 28 day cycle which is it's is important to see if you do have that kind of normal cycle hence I was kind of talking about the uh, the tracking um, and then there's the luteal phase which is lasts for like 11 to 17 days and the average length is about 14 days uh as well but like it's rent it, the training and stuff like that it's it's really really important to know when to, to push yourself for some girls the the week of is not the week to do that a lot of the girls would be that i've from the experience of myself is that they're the weeks that may they may be a little bit more tired um, and then I would like the research would show that you're better off doing something it doesn't say what something is I want to mean my something is exercise it doesn't mean it d- d- says to do some sort, some sort of exercise but I wouldn't advise doing like hit sessions the way like the like Joe Wicks is popularized which are amazing for for, uh, for great form of exercise but on that week you may not be able to recover enough you might find your balance is off a little bit more you may have a little bit more, little bit more mental fog so in order to kind of reduce that mental fog you just kind of try and get out for a walk and, and kind of aid with the bloating and stuff like that. So the water, you may find that you need a little bit more fuel. So generally the week before and week of girl dependent, it could always also be week two. Um, you need may need a little bit more fuel. So girls should only really diet for probably if they are dieting for really two out of the four weeks. Yeah. It's those kind of two weeks where you shouldn't be dieting are from my experience anywhere the week before and the week of, And those two weeks, it's like going from Dublin to Galway on half a tank of petrol. You need to top it up a little bit, but it's also trying to fuel it. It's like trying to go from Dublin to Galway with an unleaded car and filling it up with diesel. You need to fuel it with the right stuff. I think it's super, super important. Like if you're trying to help with the cravings, I'm going to say something now, which I know the carbs are not bad for you. I'm going to say that carbs are not bad for you. But if you're having, yeah, so if you're having an awful lot of carbs, around that time of the month what's going to happen is your blood sugar is going to increase drastically and then crash back down and then you're going to be hungry to like 20 seconds later so what we need to try and bring into our bodies then is a little bit more fruit which will kind of regulate the the sugar levels a little bit more try and aim for a little bit more protein and like greek yogurt is a really really handy tool particularly if you're kind of just looking to snack on something you don't want to be that chicken and broccoli person nobody wants to be the chicken and broccoli person unless you're stepping up on stage so it's about trying to find those little tweaks that you can use as well the water is going to be really helpful as well just for energy levels and just knowing that you may not be feeling amazing there's a supplement called agnes cactus or a vitex which is really really good as well for helping with the cravings and you take it you can either take it in drop form or in tablet form you take it every day um, for 365 days a year, it's like nine quid in like Holland and Barrett or boots or whatever. So it's re- it is, it is really beneficial. But if you're finding that you are super, super stressed and super, super tired and not sleeping and all that kind of stuff, that's going to amplify your PMS. So you're better yeah. off trying to get to the, the root of that cause. So if you're not sleeping, I'd probably aim for like seven to nine hours of proper sleep each night rather than trying to be scrolling on your phone all the time. And I know it, the barriers are very blurred at the minute, with what's going on? But if you can, like, if you're not sleeping enough, you've got two hormones in your brain or that regulate your hunger. You've got the fullness hormone and you've got the 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 hunger hormone, fullness hormone. So when you don't get enough sleep, your hunger hormone goes into overdrive and your fullness hormone then regulates. And that's when you're looking for those sugary foods like when you're hungover. Yeah. You're looking for those salty foods. You're looking for a little bit more carbohydrates. And you just need to say to yourself, right, I actually might need to give myself a little bit more fuel this time. So say if you are on a diet and you're on eat about 1600 calories, the researchers say to bring it up to by about 200 calories. So that would bring it up to 1800 calories per day. Mm-hmm. It's very people dependent. Cravings do go away. I will put this caveat on this. As a man, I will never understand what it is like from a psychological point of view. And I know some people have said that to me through DMs and stuff like that. So I just want to put that caveat out there. But I can I can from working with hundreds of women and from from trying to understand them from that point of view, cravings do go away. So if you wait about pause and wait for about 20 minutes, my advice would be be just try that and see what see how you feel after 20 minutes well, my advice would be also be to include chocolate yeah depends on girl you are <laughs> yeah it depends on kind of girl you are there's two types of girls from my experience which is the sweet and savory girls uh savory is the crisp and the pancakes sweets are the chocolate the chocolate so one recipe that i use an awful lot with my clients is greek yogurt a couple of squares of dark chocolate blueberries blackberries chia seeds flax seeds uh, if you want that extra sweet tooth throw in a bit of honey to get a little bit more sweet teeth uh, and it's a really good for dessert. So like if you're, you've got, if you've got kids or whatever and your kids are having dessert and you don't necessarily want whatever they're having and you don't want to be missing out, why not try this? And it's only about 320 calories or 250 calories, depending on which are like skier, which are, are the ones I normally recommend for the Greek yogurts. Like
0: plus grams Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, so they're really, really handy. And then the week of and stuff like that, some girls don't get hungry at all and some girls get yeah. ravenous and so if you're not hungry i would break your food into smaller meals so rather than trying to aim for three meals break it into four or five Uh, don't force feed yourself you're not you're not hungry so there's no point in that but if you're not hungry and then you're just kind of picking you're better off picking up like the likes of the fruit that kind of stuff most of the time majority of the time is my advice stop trying. don't try to seek perfection or a perfect diet because perfection is subjective Mm -hmm. and it doesn't exist like like if I was to say compare two of my clients there, they're what they what their goals are completely different. So they, they, their perfection is completely subjective, but it's about knowing when to push. It could also be week two for, for girls as well. And that's kind of like migraines can come in as well. And it's about kind of understand the stress. Like if you're super, super stressed, you've got a really stressful job. You've got kids trying to run into a wall and trying to run a job as well. Like, you deserve a medal for during during this weird time. But one tool that I utilize with my clients an awful lot is to manage the stress is trying to take regular breaks from the desk or put it onto their calendar and say, guys, right. Try and take a break every 60 to 90 minutes. If it doesn't happen, no problem. But just try to do it majority of the time, try to get outside for some fresh air, get some vitamin N as Larry Doyle says, or vitamin D. uh, And just, you could do also a bit of Brock's breathing. And I think that's been a, a game changer for a lot of the girls is just kind of taking a pause, having some morning routine. So rather than living off someone else's routine, try to set the barriers for yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think th- it's really, really important. I do it myself. I, w- I won't look at my phone up until like nine o'clock in the morning. And before then there's a walk done or a training or read a book or listen to a podcast. It's important to set. It's very easy to say yes to work all the time. Yeah.
0: i from Actually, so
1: yeah, and especially when you're self-employed, from someone who's self-employed, it's very, very easy to say yes to work all the time. But if you don't set the barriers for yourself, no one else will. Like you, li- you don't live to work. You have to make sure that you're looking after your own best interests. And if you're finding that the job potentially at the moment isn't the right ladder against the right wall, and you're super stressed all the time, there's a your body will give you the feedback that you're tired all the time.
0: Yeah, I well, like. I think the evidence is so clear now and the impact of stress on eating habits on your hormones and all of that
1: everyone's so different with the with the stress like i know when i'm super stressed i don't really eat Mm, yeah and then there's the other extreme of people generally i don't like the using the word binge eating it's different severities and i think people throw it around a little bit too much Mm -hmm. um i think if people sometimes and there's different severities of it but some people when they use the word binge eating they almost think because they've just had like a bit of ice cream yeah that's a good like yeah the good or bad thing yeah Yeah, there's like you can't have good or bad foods because they don't have a moral compass um so yeah i think i've gone off on many a tangent there so i sincerely apologize
0: no that's that's a really good like overall synopsis i'll try and like you know give a recap kind of just so people can get it but i think like it's really like an in tune I think the important thing with what you're saying is getting to you with your cycle so you're listening to your body more so and as you say everyone's going to be different so the first part of the cycle is normally not saying it happens for everyone where you'll be like a bit more energy your estrogen's rising so you're going to feel really good and energetic so that is probably the time when you might need as much fuel as so much um food but you can also train more so it's probably the as you said the ideal time to diet if you are dieting and um, so you can cut back calories a wee bit and you're not like struggling as much then and then as you said the latter part which is say just after ovulation you're kind of going into the luteal phase so your progesterone is increasing hopefully if you have produced enough of it and estrogen is going down so that can then start to affect your your mood your energy goes down and then also your appetite which is what you said so i and also like the chocolate's really good because it has the magnesium in it as well. Um, Which again, just kind of helps with fighting that fatigue that a lot of people feel and reducing the menstrual cramps and that can come along. So I think everything that you said there, it's really just about kind of getting in sync with your body, listening to it. So if you're tired around your, your, your cycle, and if you're, you know, just not feeling like it, I suppose you should probably just listen to the body and maybe not train as hard and don't push yourself as much. Uh, I think that whole mentality is like, oh, buy hard, put hard. Like, I don't know if that's like the right message. It's a bro.
1: It's very bro. Uh, Yeah. Like out of, I don't know. After out of ten sessions, two will be amazing. Two will be pants. The middle, the middle lot will be kind of mediocre. And I think if you know, generally the week before will probably be the week to kind of go for the PB. Woman dependent. It could be the week of. It could be the week after. It's so so woman dependent. Um, And then. The, the, generally the week of for a lot of girls is the week to kind of just set the foot off the gas and just kind of go light lift lighter or go 70 percent of what they normally would be lifting on kind of the main squats or hip thrusts or uh whatever it may be and i think it's super important that you kind of like if you are working with someone that they take that into account if your coach or your pt isn't necessarily doing that it's kind of saying right why aren't you doing that they may not understand it themselves yeah definitely. um there are some amazing tools like the likes of dr stacy sims lyle mcdonald's book is really good for coaches out there as well um lift the bar was where i got a lot of my information from they had a lot of guest lectures coming on i think just before it, they kind of blew up uh, and that was definitely one of those that I, I went on a lot a lot of detail i see my notes are like above my head and it's a lot of pages the lyle mcdonald books are phenomenal they're a little bit harder to read and you won't read them in one day um yeah. But they're, the, they're kind of the main sources that I go for. A lot of my information is self-taught. Um, I was very lucky that there were certain questions were asked from me from certain clients. And the only way for me to learn was, if I didn't learn it, I wouldn't be able to deliver the service to clients. And I think that's what pe- coaches need to take into account as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I suppose a lot of this, when you do start to know more about your cycle and that it does, it kind of takes that feel of maybe I don't, guilt or being hard on yourself away do you find that like with clients when they do get to know that or are you helping them with that at least
1: <laughs> yeah it's it every single girl is so different as i said like it when 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 those particular low times can come like some girls are so fortunate they don't get them at all those kind of low times at all but then there's other girls who suffer severely with those those times um some girls is week two some girls week three some girls is week four um with those times, it's about being open and honest. Like if you're working with someone, you need to be open and honest because if you're not doing your check-ins per se, or you're not kind of checking in or you're not kind of popping messages, the person you're working with can't necessarily help. Like it's so easy to hide in silence. It's so easy to push everyone away that I think if you are pushing people away, that's like, and I know generally when you're with on that week, or whenever that is, whenever that occurs for you, you don't really want to talk to anyone, but then you're feeling lo- those lonely feelings can kind of come in. And you're like, it's counterintuitive. Um, I think-
0: you feel like, oh, what's the point in telling Shane? I haven't trained well this week. I probably ate more than I should yeah. have. Again, I say that in a Burton comments. like um, that's probably what's going through their thought process at that time.
1: Yeah, and it's it's about understanding that they're human. And I think that people think that when sometimes when they talk to a PT, because there are a lot of robot PTs, but it is about understanding the emotions behind it. And I think when those kind of negative thoughts kind of coming in, it's about starting to question them and actually ask them to get them to start asking the actual questions of these thoughts that are kind of coming in about kind of the self image or the, the kind of the black and white thinking around food. Are they thoughts that they've created, or those opinions that they've created about themselves, or are they actual facts about themselves? So, like for an example, it would be like, "Oh, I feel fat around this time of the month." Fat's not a feeling.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, fat's just not a feeling. So, generally, when girls or people in general would would say that, it's kind of like an underlying uh, concern that they have f- from that they. Want to look a certain way, or they have a, a body image or a self image, or they they think they need to be a, to look a certain way to fit into to societal norms. Whatever norms is, I don't know what is. But if you're finding that you are idle or bored, or and then you're scrolling on social media, you're giving your energy, your power away to social media and looking at what other people are doing rather than trying to focus on your energy and yourself. I think it's about trying to like be a little bit smarter generally when we are a little bit more tired, a little bit more stressed, we fall into our like lowest form of training and we fall into kind of like our so-called bad habits and in inverted commas. And we kind of potentially reach for the more sugary foods. There's nothing wrong with sugar. we reach for the more carbohydrate food. There's nothing wrong with carbs. But if I always say to myself, and I always, I've, I've started doing this during lockdown in particular, is imagine my, my, I'm my own client. Like this morning, I didn't want to get up for to go for a walk. And I was like, right. What would I say to my clients? What what's gonna know? What's gonna What's gonna raise up my energy? What's gonna raise up my energy is going outside to get some yeah. to, some air. So even if you don't want to, like, you don't have to smash yourself in every session. You don't have to run yourself into the ground. Most people are wearing that as a badge of honor right now. Yeah. And I think that probably needs to change. But it's about like a walk is perfect. Make it a social distance walk if needs be, but try to make some sort of interaction or you time and make sure that's booked in with yourself because there's only one of you and if you're not looking after you no one else will yeah
0: yeah i love that though like it's not just that you're not just focusing on like nutrition and diet and counting calories it's like the whole um so it's the whole body approach i won't say holistic but you know you take everything into consideration like sleep and uh, your what you're are listening to who you're hanging out with even um like how much time you're spending in social media because that does play a massive role on your your energy even like you as you said yourself like you're giving your power away to something else and what you think you should be or what should be and yeah it's not necessarily serving you or being useful at all and um, and like what what you what I really like about what you do is you focus a lot on like say non-scale victories. So it's just kind of like something that's all over your Instagram. But it's really good because again, like it's just taking that like focus away from oh you have to like, you know, lose and if like which often happens like you said it yourself at the beginning at the latter stage of the cycle someone could go up in weight which is not really fat it's most likely some food retention uh, due to the fluctuations in hormones but if someone is trying to lose weight and they're seeing that they're going to think oh i'm a failure this week you know um even though that's not necessarily true at all so yeah do you want to just talk about your non-scale victories and what that is what you're, like how that works with your times
1: it's going to be a tangent i do apologize what did i start
0: with I, I, I warned
1: i warned i warned so with the non-scale victories i didn't like I, i've i've completely robbed this from like the on the slimming clubs That saying but i've applied it in a different way <laughs> um so with the non-scale victories i kind of if, the, if every curl is different and if they don't feel amazing a certain week or whatever on the check-ins i will try to say to them right what how are you feeling have your measurements gone down how are your progress pictures? If you take your pictures that way, or if you, has your strength gone up? Have you, have you eaten fruit with every single meal? Have you gone for a walk? Have you drank three, two or three liters of water? Well, it depends on what, how much water they're drinking. Have you showed up for your training sessions? Have you made some new time? Have you rang a friend? Trying to focus on small little wins. And I think that's the biggest thing they will try to work on is trying to create those small little wins that will turn into a massive win. And I think if you listen to any of the, the client testimonials. I think, without me paying them, they've they've all said that. And I think the non-scale victories. It's, it's a mental thing that over time it will build up. Like if you don't, if you're if you're waking up first thing in the morning and you're not waking up in an amazing mood, you haven't had a proper night's sleep, and then you're expecting to get on top of a piece of plastic on a floor and feel amazing afterwards. If the scales goes up, you're giving that piece of plastic or piece of metal all the energy, all the power and affect your mood. You are better off probably staying off the, the scales. You're probably better off throwing the scales out the window or running it over with a car. You are probably just smash the bloody thing. But I think like that has been driven into a lot of girls in particular from those certain slimming clubs uh, with high fives when you're down, high fives when you're down, uh, kind of a lot of tutting when you go up but there's no formal education and that they're not explaining like you could be bloated. You could may not have gone to the bathroom. You could have had a little bit more food the night before you could have had a little bit more carbohydrates, carbohydrates, are not bad uh, the night before. You could have had some alcohol. Uh, you could have not slept very well. You could have been stressed. Like there's so many things that kind of come into it. Yeah. And I think if you educate yourself or if you try to educate yourself on when to do that, but if you're not feeling amazing and then you're expecting to feel amazing by stepping on a piece of plastic, it's very counterintuitive. Like it doesn't like, would you, what advice would, like ask this to yourself, what a piece of advice would you give to your best friend if they were in the same position? We're all great at giving advice to everyone else. Yeah. Um, But we're not very good at taking it ourselves.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think that's really true as well. Like what would you, again if you're struggling as well what would you say to your best friend if they're in a similar position as well like and you would never speak to them in such a harsh way like we're our own worst critics like I think we all are like I can definitely say that myself but um it's kind of like, what would you say to your best friend is a really good tool to kind of turn it around I suppose um but yeah no that was really really good like I love that the non-scale victories and that, I think that focuses more so on generating better behaviors and habits then uh, which are going to bring you to Um, a healthier place then or a better place I suppose like where you want to be Um, so it's kind of taken the focus away from the scales and like this number means I'm going to be happy which we know doesn't like it's equating like a number with happiness kind of like equating like every morning you go on the scales like that's just a as you say like counterproductive if you're not feeling great to do that Um, but yeah what I want to kind of touch on next is um, a bit more on the hormonal issues that you work with and I suppose PCOS is so common right now isn't it and um I suppose a lot of girls would come to you to lose weight with when they have PCOS like so what is your experiences with that it is more challenging isn't it um to to help them because they have like the insulin resistance or most likely in 80% of cases anyway it's kind of the insulin resistant type PCOS do you want to maybe talk a bit about that and
1: yeah of course uh yeah so like with PCOS like PCOS is polycystic ovary syndrome and it's the most common hormonal disorder in women and it affects about 10% of women of a reproductive age uh, and it's a lot more common than a lot of people realize I I'm gonna be ha- hold my hands up here I had no idea what PCOS was like before I started doing this um, I'd never heard of it so I didn't even know what it meant mm-hmm. um, but like the, the main exact cause of it is completely unknown um, but the, like 10% of women is a massive, massive start to be, And I think a lot of women don't necessarily know they have it. They go un, yeah. un, undetected for a very long, a very, very long time. Um, and you've mentioned insulin, um, like there's two main types of people who insulin impacts a lot, which is the likes of PCOS and, and, and diabetics, uh, too many people blame insulin for why they're not losing weight. Um that for a lot of people, it it isn't that. It's generally down to like the habits and stuff like that. Um, But like they're kind of, to be diagnosed, you need to have kind of like any number of the kind of the following three, a number of cysts uh, around the ovaries, a failure to release the egg from the ovaries uh, or in ovulation, and slightly higher than normal levels of testosterone. So that could lead to um, facial hair growth and all that kind of stuff. Uh, some of the symptoms can be like irregular periods, heavy, heavy bleeding, weight gain, baldness, which is ironic for me, uh, darkening of the skin and headaches. But I think it's it's you need to get make sure that you are kind of being looked after and put in the right hand. And I think too many doctors, I'm going to go out on a limb here, doctors are putting their People, their patients when they have if they have PCOS on the pill, the pill is not going to get to the root source. But I'm going to that's a different. And that's a, a question that's kind of coming up with PCOS. So if someone else that doesn't have PCOS is on the same weight loss journey, they start the exact same day, same weight. Obviously, it's going to be um, genetics going to be playing into, into it there as well. But your BMR or your basal metabolic rate or your the calories you need. To to be, to exist with someone with PCOS, they could be up to 40% lower than someone who doesn't have it. So, so say if Betty down the road only needs 2000 calories, then Susan, who has PCOS may only need like 1600 calories to stay the same weight. So it's about kind of understanding that as well with PCOS, the, the severity of kind of like the cramps, the mood, the kind of the, the yo-yo dieting is, uh, can be quite high uh i know someone who i know someone who isn't my client but i speak to on a regular basis on social media um and i'd be very careful of who i give the information out to and how i word it and i point them towards the, pod, the podcast more than me giving out the information but she's in her 50s and she only got diagnosed now wow and i was like that's a long time not to know what's yeah. what's going on um and i'm delighted she went to got, get get tested and it explains an awful lot yeah. um and like she was like that person was kind of saying that they're on 1200 calories. And I was like, you're definitely not on, not on 1200 calories. Uh, but it's really, really important. Like what I'd probably encourage those with PCOS would P to kind of eat regular meals. And the reason for that isn't to kind of like affect your metabolism. There's none of this rubbish that's out there, but it's more to stabilize your, your blood sugar levels. So if you're not eating regular, what can happen is your appetite can go up your blood sugar can crash down and you're kind of reaching for food you're reaching for those higher carbohydrate foods yeah. so the higher carbohydrate foods are not going to stabilize your insulin levels at all um so what we need to try and do is increase your vegetables increase your fruit have a, a lot higher protein uh, yeah. sources as well and um, than someone who doesn't necessarily have a protein keeps you fuller for longer you need to try and to kind of limit the amount of kind of fatty, sugary processed foods, drinks, alcohol, caffeine, that kind of stuff. But fats, sugars, processed foods are not bad for you in moderation. It's about finding that balance for yourself with the training and stuff like that. It's really, really important that because you may have like an increased testosterone, which is the male hormone, you can probably push yourself that a little bit further in the gym. You can use that as an opportunity to potentially, I hate the word tone, which means muscle growth, Uh, which girls seem to use an awful lot and use that as a way to hit PBs in the gym and know when to push that and use that as a positive because you can't have a positive without a negative. Um, Supplementation with kind of vitamin D, um, it helps with insulin resistance um, and there are some home test kits you can get like, let's get checked, kind of do those as well if you don't want to go to the doctor, but it's really, really important. I'd recommend everyone to supplement with vitamin yeah. D between October and March. Anyway, um there's another supplement uh called myo inositol. Um and this one has been revolutionary for a vast number of clients with amenorrhea, PCOS, um and there's two types of inositol, there's myo and there's Cairo. Uh and I would recommend getting my, uh, myo. Mm. It comes in like you can get it from my protein, you can like the the quality there isn't a huge difference between the quality, but my the, the one on my protein is, is the one I recommend to my clients. And you take two to four grams per day uh, as a good kind of starting dose. And you take it for roughly around like six months alongside kind of decent nutrition, decent training levels. And what it can do is improve insulin sensitivity, ovarian function, menstrual cycles, and the kind of like the, the regularity of them. Uh, it kind of can reduce testosterone and it can also uh, reduce kind of reduce and help to aid weight loss as well uh blood lipids and blood pressure and stuff like that so it's really really important that that's a one that has helped an awful lot of women that i've worked with uh, regarding your cravings and stuff like that with pcos they can be crippling um they can be crippling everyone's so different but it's about kind of understanding that like the likes of the fruit, the likes of papaya, all that kind of stuff will definitely have an impact on kind of getting that blood sugar regulation under control Aim for higher protein, trying to reduce the the levels of carbohydrates going into your body, not going full keto. Don't be keto, Steve. That's not what I'm trying to say is I'm saying to reduce the levels of carbohydrates. And then you'll find that also to say, if lady a has PCOS and lady B is PCOS, there'll be different carbohydrates that affect them differently. Um, And there's an amazing lady, Claire Goodwin, she talks about that. She has PCOS. One of her girls, uh, one of her colleagues is PCOS and they did a, they did a a, uh, project or research and they ate the same food and they monitored their blood sugar levels. And one went up and one went back down and they ate a different food. Um, So it's uh, every, every single one of them is so, so different. Does this mean you can't have the foods you enjoy? No, no diet in the world. I would probably fats are essential, um, for like PCOS and met cycle stuff as well. Uh, higher protein. Um, does not mean you can't have any fun? No, it's about understanding that you just need to be a little bit more careful, a little bit more patient, patient being the operative where like if you're on a weight loss journey, it may take you a little bit longer, but what can you control? Is control is showing up, trying to get, a little bit of exercise in trying to understand when to push your body, when to try and get your sleep. If you can control your sleep, control your stress levels, that's going to have a hell of a lot of difference around your so-called eating habits and how you feel in your mood and stuff like that.
0: Yeah. I think that was a really good synopsis of um, what PCOS is and like how you help people manage it. And i just to kind of summarize it up, I suppose, to help people if they if they have it or think they have it like I suppose and um, obviously first go to the doctor get the bloods done that's the, the first thing to do um, and then go from there but again like from a, a strategy point of view Look in terms of nutrition, balancing your blood sugars is like the most, probably the most important thing you can really do. And like what you said there, having your protein with each meal. You may need to go up higher with your protein, as you said. Uh, you probably yeah, you'd be higher with your protein compared to somebody else. And um, so maybe up to one point six grams plus per kg body weight. Um, And then like not going carb free, but just lowering your carbohydrates. And as you said, being maybe more selective about the type of carbohydrates. So go for more say the complex carbs versus the refined carbohydrates. So like if you're not sure what they are, the refined ones are say the white sugary foods. So, you know, sweets and chocolate and then like say flour pasta things like that and then complex bean, fruit veg and whole grains so they won't have the same effect on your blood sugars as say the white refined carbohydrates and then of course as you said as well you need fats for hormonal production and to balance hormones and reduce inflammation and then the as you said the supplementation I think that's really really good like the myonostil the research that's out there and that like it's so so it's really brilliant that there is I think it's a it's more than a cherry on top for PCOS. It really does. It's a brilliant tool to that's use. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. And it really helps with the ovulation and the ovulatory function. And then that's key to getting the cycle regulated again. Once you're ovulating, that's going to, you know, 14 days later, you will have your cycle, your period. So um, if you can get that up and going, that's amazing. But, like, again, you can't just take Minositol and, like, and do nothing else. You know, it's a yeah. combination. And I think as well, like, obviously, training is really beneficial because, um, if you're you're training you're sensitizing your muscles to in- insulin as well so like you know you're you have less um, blood sugar your sugars aren't as high then if you've got more if your insulin if your cells are more responsive to the insulin so yeah I hope that kind of uh, summarized up for people what PCOS is and how you can manage it like it is a complex issue like let's be real about it but you can So
1: you can manage it um, like you it,
0: like had really good success with clients and I'm, I'm guessing with this yeah
1: Yeah. like i've had like the uh, when you are kind of working with with ladies with pcos it is at the beginning being 100 percent honest with them and saying this may take a little bit longer than yeah. you may want but if you're kind of managing the basics and you kind of set the small little habits and understand when you may be tired when you may not be tired and trying to work with them on kind of the stuff around kind of like the the so-called binge eating and stuff like that and trying to create those little and work on the language they use around themselves the the negative headspace stuff and kind of question that with them then over time hopefully when they when they finish up uh, and like i we're talking off air and stuff like that it's it's great when clients do finish up with you financially but yeah (laughs) yeah exactly um and i think like as you said there with the with the it's like taking a protein shake and not training and expecting to get jacked. Yeah. It, gets, it doesn't happen. So you you do need it alongside the training and alongside the nutrition and stuff like that. But like it, it can be manageable. Um it's just about understanding you basically.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And the patient is key, as you said. So yeah, yeah. Okay. Um and then you touched on this a little bit when we talked about that with the pill it being used for the treatment again like inverted commas because yeah like I see you smiling there so what is your thoughts on the pill and PCOS or any other hormonal issue
1: um <laughs> so how do I phrase this without going off on a rant? um I think the pill there's a lot of misconceptions around the pill in the first place um I think around the, the issue of PCOS amenorrhea which is a lack of a cycle I think when some people, from my experience, um, from how help, I've helped a lot of girls get their cycles back and I've helped a lot of girls with PCOS is that they, the doctor or whoever they go to doesn't necessarily want to deal with the issue. They either don't know how to or they haven't got the experience to do so and they're too quickly to put someone on a pill. Uh, a pill will only mask the issue uh, rather than getting to the root cause, or else we're and will also um, only cause an artificial bleed. An artificial bleed is not going to be really beneficial, not going to help you get to say if you want to have kids and stuff like that. It's not going to help, but that is it's a, as it says, it's artificial, it's pumping in artificial estrogen, artificial progesterone into your body. Um, and it's really, really important to understand that that's not going to be the solution to what you're trying to do when you come off the pill. that can be a different story altogether in that hormones can be a little mood hormones uh, can be a little bit off um, and it's about understanding that it can take a little bit of time to regulate and it can be a little bit of time to regulate the cycle after that and it's also about kind of just understanding that you just have to be a little bit empathetic like that seems to be the word that kind of coming up a little bit about understanding for yourself. And I think the a misconception around the pill and like is around weight gain. Um, yes. Like with, it's interesting to see about kind of the stuff with the weight gain and stuff like that. Those who kind of have the weight gain around the pill, it doesn't cause weight gain, the pill, but those who do get it are the, generally the ones that have had potentially um, not an amazing relationship with food beforehand um and because the pill has potentially increased certain hormones yeah. they can have impact on physiological and psychological stuff around them but it's interesting to show that that black women are more prone to uh weight gain on, on birth control and i thought i found that fascinating and stuff like that but they like i don't want to downplay the the, the, the fact that the pill won't cause weight gain it like everyone wants to feel and look amazing and stuff like that. And so the change in body composition that may occur can't be ignored. And it's really, really important to make sure that you have a support group around you as well when you are on it and go for the right one. Because some, I've seen some horror stories are going for the wrong one and then it messing up mentally, physically, and then, being told to go cold turkey all this kind of stuff and i think it's important that if you are going to work with someone question why they're asking that if they can't answer the question and explain it to you as if they're like talking to a five-year-old then they don't necessarily understand it themselves because it's very easy to get you know yourself it's very easy to forget sometimes when you're talking to a client that they don't understand this this is their first time hearing it um like we can talk off fair about like the most complex thing in the world but Mary or Joan down the road aren't going to understand.
0: Yeah, well, I think the biggest thing about the pill and the myth behind it is a lot of women still don't realise it's not a real period. Like that's shocking. Yeah. Like, and it's something I just think when your GP is giving that to a woman, like they should be made aware of that. And like, it doesn't mean they don't have to go on it. It's just that they know that at least because they're just shutting off or flatlining their own hormones. Like, I would have loved to have known that. You know, just for my own self, and I'm sure, like when I say it to even just friends, you are like, "What? Like what? I can't believe that." You know, so it is. It's just I think that's something that is a big misconception with the pill, like oh, like even PMS. It's not PMS when you're on the pill.
1: No, it's not. No, and I think that sort of thing is like PMS is a different. That's a that's a whole episode on itself about yeah. kind of go and get into the the root cause and like if you're suffering from bad PMS, as I've said already look at your lifestyle, look at your, like, are you out in the place every weekend? Obviously now we can't do it, but are you sleeping correctly? Are you stressed all the time? Are there certain nutritional interventions that could be to, to be made and stuff like that? But it's, it's, I do feel for like girls have it a lot more difficult than lads.
0: Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> um, so I've
1: said that I've, it's on the record. Uh, I, 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 you definitely have a lot more because like you go through puberty, then it get, you get,
0: well, up um, of so you
1: guys, you do go through puberty, we go through puberty, <laughs> and then you just lose your hair and then a creepy mustache, like I have right now. Uh, but you have a lot more stages, and then you come up to like the likes of like perimenopause and menopause, yeah. and then it's just like there's
0: definitely another episode, I think. Like, oh, that's <laughs> I can go off and around on that, but yeah, that's why it's
1: in my head. Um, but yeah, like it, there's so much there about kind of craving cycle, when to push, when not to push, PCOS pill, like it's so much there,
0: I think. Um, before like going down the rabbit hole, like, oh, what supplement should I get to like sort out my PMS and stuff. I think what you're saying is um, like what basic habits can you do? Like you see, like that's like such an uh, overlooked uh, lifestyle <sighs> habit that like, it's so massive. Isn't it? Like, yeah.
1: Cause I know from working as a face to face PT, I, I didn't prioritize my sleep. And like, if you don't like, <sighs> if you don't prioritize your sleep, you're not going to be much use to anyone. Like if you're expecting to be able to function at work and be able to train, being able to like walk or have a relationship or be able to like just function as a human on a day to day basis, like you're not going to be able to. And I think people also forget what's going to potentially could happen when they get a little bit older is the likes of Alzheimer's could be there as well, depending on genetics and stuff, obviously. But if you're not sleeping properly, there are little avenues and little things that you can bring in. Like there's an amazing book, why we sleep. And I always yeah. put people towards that. um by Matthew Walker, he's if you don't like reading, he has podcasts. He's on the Stiella's. He's on Joe Rogan. Um, but like seven to nine hours said in pre-bed routine, your room should be nice and cold. Um, like if you've got your phone in your room, please, please, please take it out of your bedroom. Uh, but people freak out about that. And you're like, Oh, my alarm clock's on it. I know your alarm clock's on it, but why not get an old school alarm clock from for like four euro in the pound shop and then leave your phone outside charging? Uh, Like nothing's happening after nine PM anyway. Uh, Like Love Island isn't even on, so you can't even watch that. But it's like there's only so much. Like a lot of people have brought the laptops into their room. Like a lot of people have brought in kindles and i want everyone to read you can get like blue light blocking glasses as well if you want to bring them in but if you are working all the time and then you're only switching off at nine o'clock going down to have dinner and then you're on, and then you're going to bed, to bed at, or trying to go to bed at 10 p.m and you're having a full full belly of food it's going to be harder to digest you're not going to feel very comfortable and that's just going to knock on to your sleep uh that you may not feel amazing either yeah well,
0: caffeine we to like Restore our energy levels, I suppose, and then if we're spending the night trying to break down food, you know, it's kind of counterproductive, isn't it? Like you're not meant yeah, to do the like
1: money. I heard I heard some stature in the week. I think like if you look at people's sleep patterns in like the '60s or the '70s, they were probably getting like on average about eight and a half hours. On yeah. average now, the people are probably getting about six and a half hours, six hours fifty. And you're like, there's a common link. There's more light in our houses. There's more light being put into our room so generally when you are trying to get to sleep it can block the melatonin production which is puts you into your deep sleep which is where you get rested so sometimes if you haven't got enough rest that's when you wake up a little bit cranky wake up a little bit like you should be waking up not that you should be like prim and cheery and like high five and merry down the road uh, as you're as you're skipping to work that's not what i'm saying is like you should be waking up rested you shouldn't be waking up fatigued or like not wanting to do something and um, it's because it, like sleep is such an important like we spend what a third of our life asleep mm, yeah uh, like it's a long time um so if you can set the boundaries for yourself and i know people are going to freak out about the phone sentence i do get that but nothing's happening at the minute if it's urgent they will ring you if it's on the landing or whatever it may be there might be a little bit of social anxiety. All you're looking for, especially for swiping and social and uh, social social media uh, frenzy as well, and you're just looking for that dopamine hit. yeah, uh,
0: or sense of validation as well, and just yeah,
1: yeah. But like, it's not worth it. Like, it, and if you're checking your emails before you go to bed, and you've got an email from someone at work at nine PM, that's going to be in your brain. You're yeah. gonna be you're gonna be freaking out about that. You're gonna be worrying about that for the next day, and you won't be able to get to sleep. So what I've tried to talk to my clients is about: set your room the way you want it to be, nice and cool, and also potentially have like a little booklet or a journal beside you and journal before you go to bed, or read before you go to bed, or if so, if your head's kind of going mental with with thoughts and stuff like that, word we'll vomit onto a page.
0: Yeah, it's really good. Like journaling is such it's really good for helping and that. That's really effective for clients, I think. And um, and as well, like I. I, I do this with clients, well, so get them to write out what they did well that day, and they can incorporate that all into their positive
1: affirmations,
0: yeah, yeah, and just change the mindset a wee bit, and yeah, get all that crap out of their head. I suppose it does help a lot, like, and then you're going to bed with a lot clearer. Because I think I read somewhere that what you go to bed thinking is like you're kind of bringing towards you as well. That's kind of going into like the spiritual side of things, which you won't touch on now, but again, decent, it's like, yeah. Love. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's kind of like you're manifesting it into your life, so yeah, you're better off getting all of it out, and then. Going to bed with happy
1: thoughts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like it, it's the last thing that you—it's—it's it's, it's the last thing that's going into your head. So it's the last thing that you have for that day, and that's the last thing you'll remember. And you will probably wake up a little bit better. It's—it—it it, it, that has been revolutionary for me personally. Uh, about because I would have been not into like the mental health stuff before, um, the, like before getting ill and stuff like that. But that was definitely like some people find it find it uncomfortable to. Write down because they're afraid of what's going to open up they're afraid that they'll just need like 14 booklets to fill up because they, they've been kind of rammed th- stuff down for so long yeah. they're afraid to kind of actually be with their feelings and stuff like that and as more of it as the next sentence is going to sound like you come into the world alone you leave the world alone you got better you better get comfortable with yourself
0: absolutely I think that's what like social media does it stops us from doing that it's like a massive distraction it's like oh I don't have to think about what's actually going on my life. escapism yeah totally totally as well uh, violence and all of those shows <laughs> you yeah. know absolutely love them
1: <laughs> yeah exactly they're great at the minute because you, you like there's not much happening at the minute but like if you're finding in any way that social media is impacting your mood alter your feed or edit your feed and like just put in barriers there's an app called freedom that you can download uh, and that allows you to kind of like say that you don't wanna be on your phone at certain times and it'll block the apps. And in order to get rid of freedom, you need to like to uninstall the app and then you can access your apps again. It's an awful lot of effort to yeah. get us to go through people's stories. Um And like, if you're in a negative headspace and you're not feeling amazing, don't be a keyboard warrior, just be sent.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Great, great message there,
1: Shane. <laughs>
0: Thanks. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think like we've covered loads there, um, like lots like and we've really gone into other issues like sleep which are so important for like as you said like the hunger hormones and regulating them and also your your sex hormones and all of those as well so like you take anything from this podcast I suppose is prioritize your sleep it's kind of like it's actually what I would firstly look at with a client if they come to me say with hormonal disruptions whatever I always look at their sleep it's like
1: sleep and stress more
0: important important than the nutrition nutrition probably like the third layer look at um but yeah it's good that you are on the same kind of wavelength there and you do prioritize that but um yeah we have covered loads and i think we got a really good insight into you know the cycle the four phases how um it impacts your nutrition your training your energy levels and you know listening to your body is a really important um message here and tool to use um, you know like I don't mean that in a, a woo-woo kind of way but really like, <laughs> it does, like their, their hormones are there for a reason like it's good to be in sync with them like cycle syncing is a thing you know try and get in touch with them I know it's hard if you don't have a regular cycle but again maybe working with someone who can help regular, uh, get your cycle regularly it's a really good place to start then um, and tracking your cycle is really good as you said if you don't track you can't manage like so that's really um, a good message as well but yeah, is there any final words you want to say or to recap
1: otherwise? Uh, no, I think you've, you've done the recap. I cannot thank you enough for inviting me on to be the first guest. And uh, I know you were a little bit nervous about recording. So I think you should be extremely proud of yourself for one, starting the podcast and two, um, like you have a story to tell. And I think it's incredible that you want to put that story out there because someone else has has those feelings or has had that feeling somewhere along the line. I think if they can latch on to what you're trying to promote, which is incredible, I think then it's the the podcast is is worthwhile being recorded. So I cannot thank you enough for having me on, and I cannot wish you more luck to kind of where you go because I know who else is coming on the next little while. So I'm excited for you. Yeah, well,
0: look, I have you to thank for doing this in the first place. So when I'm you know top of the charts in a few weeks, (laughs) I'm like Shane, thank you. I'll you then. I know. Um, but yeah, I know seriously thank you so much for being my first guest um i think it was really a really good chat really interesting i think people will get a lot from it so just to end like if people want to like get to in touch with you or just even to check you out well, what, where can they find you
1: check me out you me <laughs> get, slide into my dms well, uh yes <laughs> yeah it's the creepy mustache <laughs> um so i'm actually much fitness on instagram uh watch fitness podcast on itunes and spotify um, where it looks like the likes of guys like Sinead Haggerty, Siobhan Hagen, Larry Doyle, Brian Keane, or some of you guys, uh, yeah, don't show off now. Uh, and then there's like, there's an ebook and stuff like that in the link of my bio. If you want to download that, uh, which kind of goes through all that kind of stuff. Um, and if you want to go for coaching stuff, it's www.shamewashfitness.com forward slash online coaching
0: amazing well look again thank you so much and maybe we'll have you on again soon yeah maybe (laughs) thanks a million jane
1: thank you very much